Welcome to We Got Balls, real, raw, masculine sex talk with Chris Inman and Scott Cohn. Chris and Scott both work with men who want to leave their unwanted sexual struggles in the past. They are willing to do whatever it takes to help men get curious about what drives their compulsive sexual behavior. With that said, here we go. Well, hey, everybody. We are back on the We Got Balls podcast. Scott, what's going on today? How are you? Hey, Chris. Good morning. Um, I'm doing pretty well. Um, my wife's been recovering from surgery, so Man. I'm struggling with sleep. Yeah. So uh, hopefully I don't look a little, you know, I have some bags under the eyes here, but um. <clears throat> other than that, things are going better than I deserve. That's great. That's great to hear. I just got back from a trip to California and I'm ready to get back at it and get, get working hard. And we've got an interesting topic on the uh, podcast today. We're going to be talking about masturbation. And yes, that's fapping and jacking off and flicking the bean and spanking the monkey, beating the meat, any other euphemistic term that you can come up with. In fact, it's a topic so hot that Seinfeld did a whole episode about it and never said the word one time. Remember that's that episode? That, that is a, that's a classic. And a classic. I particularly like the scene where Elaine folds before everybody else does. Exactly. Or, exactly. Over like, Kramer, Kramer leaves and then comes back immediately because he lost. <laughs> he's like triggered. I'm I'm off. I'm, off. I'm out. I'm out, baby. I'm out. So you know, it's it's funny that everybody's so curious about it. Everybody alludes to it, but nobody really wants to talk about it. And and so I think, you know, when we get it out there, I think it's important to have the conversation around, you know, what it is. What's the What's the aspects of it that we struggle with and how it can really maybe point us into something deeper that we're looking for? Because um, because it is one of those um, things that we use to hijack life sometimes. And, you know, there's plenty of opinions about whether it's right or wrong, good or bad. So let's start with there. Is there anything wrong with masturbation, Scott? Uh, it depends, I think, on how you're using it. Um, okay. You know, so... I would, I would look at, um, I would, I always ask a guy when they ask me, you know, what do you think about masturbation? Um, I'll ask him a couple of questions. And the first one is, well, tell me how you masturbate. Like, how are you using it in your life? Hmm. So to really answer that question intelligently, and I think also compassionately is, I want to understand how you've learned to use it to kind of uh, explore your sexuality. Nothing. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Mm -hmm. And I've got two sons and while they were entering puberty, I told them really frank information about masturbation and erections and ejaculating and all that pornography. And, you know, just tried to, to set some boundaries to contain mm -hmm. what they were going to be doing in terms of exploring. But I said, there's nothing wrong with you exploring your body. And, you know, this can be really controversial in, um, in Christian circles where you and I kind of come from. Uh, it's that, controversial because there's plenty of people on both sides of the fence. You know, if you really listen, there's some folks who say, you know, Oh, what's, you know, as, as long as you can do it while thinking about an old pickup truck, you're doing good. A-okay. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and of course, then you develop a fetish for pickup yeah, trucks. For, for, <laughs> I'm a Ford man myself. I prefer the Ford. Yeah. 
nobody nobody has ever explained that to you but um <laughs> so so you know with my uh I'll, I'll just tell you what i said to my sons is you know from from a perspective of like what does god think about masturbating well um i don't think he really cares all that much this is my opinion but i think my opinion stands on pretty firm ground because in the bible the word is never ever 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 used ever nope. It may be alluded to twice in the New Testament than I can think of. Maybe you've got a couple other scriptures. It's, it's but... alluded to in the Old Testament, too. So, um, Okay, so maybe the Old Testament where it talks about if a man has a seminal omission, he's yeah. supposed to wash and remain unclean. Yeah. It doesn't say how he has the seminal omission, and there's only three ways you can do that, right? Yep. So you can have intercourse, you can have a wet dream, or you can masturbate. Um, Jesus says, you know, if you look on a woman to lust, you've committed adultery in your heart. Therefore, if your hand offends, you cut it off. That may be an allusion to masturbation, but it's in the context of objectifying other people. Mm -hmm. So, you know, whether or not you can masturbate without objectifying other people, I, I think that's possible. I know I've done it. Yeah. Um, so that's what I told my sons is look, as long as you're not using porn or you're not fantasizing and objectifying other people, I don't think there's a big deal. However, I have some guidelines that I'd like you to consider. And then I would talk to them about what's the goal of their sexuality and, and what do they want to do with it, you know, in terms of relationally down the road, if they get mm -hmm. married, how do they want to be sexual with their wife? Because the way we learn to be sexual with ourselves is going to carry over into our relationship with our wives. So one example is guys uh, tend to use a really firm grip on their penis when they masturbate. And if you Google penis death grip, you'll see a lot of content out mm -hmm. there on this phenomenon where men acclimate their body to orgasming by gripping themselves really, you know, really firmly. And then they go and they have partnered sex or they get married and they want to have sex with their wife and their wife's vagina doesn't provide the same degree of tight stimulation that their hand did. And they have a problem maintaining an erection or enjoying the sexual experience. Who's talking about that with young guys? Yeah. Man. Nobody. Well, and I would, I, I would say that there's an emerging reality of this, especially if you look on the NoFap community, if you're, if you're familiar with that at all. And this is a group of young guys who are trying to figure out what to do with compulsive masturbation. And we'll talk about that in a second. But I think the two things that you alluded to, which are uh, objectification, which really, if you, if you want to listen to the through line of this podcast, that's going to be a huge thing that we talk about which is, you know, we're trying to objectify other people, right? And trying to use them or use the experiences or use the settings or use the, the, whatever the cues are that we're looking for, whether they're physical or psychological cues that we're looking for, for our sexual arousal, we're using that to curate. And which is the second thing that you were talking about, an experience. You know, when I masturbate, it's an experience. It's, it's a, it is a, I mean, I'll tell you very blatantly, I, I was a late bloomer in this um, this development, and it was because I was in the shower and I was washing myself and I touched my penis and I was like, ooh, that felt good. What if I keep doing that? And, you know, a lot of guys do that when they're younger or they're told about it. But I get I get kind of 
stuck in this experience of um, I, I want to have comfort. I want to have pleasure. And so I think there's a sex positive view of this that says, well, there's nothing wrong with masturbating anytime. It's, it's a great thing. But yet I can tell you in my experience and talking to many other guys, there is a shameful dynamic to it that just is kind of baked in, you know, baked into my own life. So where does that come from? Well, why is there this, there's something wrong with masturbation. You shouldn't do it. It's going to, you know, what make hair grow on your hands and make you blind or whatever the wives tales are. I mean, that, those all came from somewhere, right? So where'd that come from? Well, that's a really good question because, uh, I grew up in a nominal Christian home and the way that I learned about masturbation was in seventh grade. And I had been to, um, I just moved into can to a new school in Kansas city and they showed a film on sexuality, you know, develop body yeah. development and all that stuff. And they mentioned masturbation and all the guys started giggling. So I'm, I'm a year younger than my classmates because my birthday's in August. So all these guys had, probably already masturbated and joked about it and stuff. And I'm the new kid. So I'm like, what is that? I don't know. So I go home and my dad is tucking me in bed and he'd apparently signed a permission slip for me to watch this film. And he said, well, do you have any questions about what you watched today? And I said, yeah, what's masturbation? And he, <laughs> he takes this deep sigh. <sighs> well, it's when you play with yourself. Okay. And I was, I was like, Oh my God, it was shocking. And then he said, but don't do it more than three times a week. And. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. So I love it. That's my dad's containment on my masturbation. And of course that night I masturbated for the first time and I'm like, but I wasn't expecting an orgasm. Like, yeah. and when that happened, I thought I had broke something in my body. Right. <laughs> What's going on? And, yeah. um, you know, I didn't feel shame because I felt like my dad had kind of given me permission. But interestingly enough, I did feel shame if I did it more than three times. That's funny. <laughs> so I think a lot of it has to do with the conversations that we have growing mm -hmm. up around this. Is it seen as a bad thing or is it seen as a good thing? What kind of containment does your father place on it? How is it discussed? You know. And in a lot of homes, it's not discussed at all because dads have their own masturbation shame. And so they don't want to engage that conversation with their son because they don't want to they don't want their son going, well, do you masturbate, dad? Well, yeah. How many times that, do you masturbate? That ain't happening. No, that conversation yeah. is not happening. Yeah. So uh, so in the absence of the conversation, what are you going to feel yeah. like the absence of language and the absence of the discussion around it? creates shame whether you intend to or not as a as a parent you're saying this subject is so hot that we can't talk about it in a healthy way and that's or the other extreme is no no it's bad it's evil you know this will lead you to hell i mean and i i was in a christian group in college where if you masturbated your th your salvation was threatened yeah honestly and then later I found out all the leaders were masturbating all the time and projecting their shame on the younger guys. Mm. <laughs> so. hey, that's a conversation for a whole nother podcast, but I, I get it because I think there's, you know, there, there, there has to be conversation about it. 
in, in order. I mean, at least your dad's conversation kind of normalized it for you. And, you know, you, you felt shame if it was more than three times a week, but as a, as a young boy, you didn't have any grit for what it was. And I think, you know, it's helpful to give our kids and to give younger people some context. Um, and the biggest piece that I see, especially in guys growing up is this idea of silence. And that's definitely a big piece around shame, but also what is the real purpose of why I do this? I mean, uh, you know, there's, there's a, um, there's a difference in masturbating occasionally and doing it in a, in a sense where you're like, Hey, I, you know, I want to know what my body feels like. I want to know what an orgasm feels like. I'm curious. And, and doing it compulsively. And I think a lot of so, the guys say what? Well, okay. You've used that word compulsive a couple of times. What's the, like you and I are both recovery guys. So what is the definition of compulsive masturbation? When does it become compulsive? I mean, I think for me, it was when I wanted to stop and couldn't and didn't is that it, it's there, there really was. And some people like to use the word addiction um, I think addiction can be helpful in some circles, but I think in this this particular area, addiction is kind of a label, a pejorative label that it's hard to escape. It's it's a it increases my shame. So the reason I use the word compulsive sexual behavior is listen, it's something that I would rather not do, but I continue to do over and over and over again. Okay, so your definition for compulsive behavior is. I don't want to do this or it's bringing some kind of damage to me yeah. and I can't stop doing it. Okay. Correct. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I've seen clinical definitions where in from a psychological perspective, even a very uh, sex positive kind of environment that compulsive masturbation is defined as you're doing it, you know, multiple times a day. Yeah. But for me, the real issue is, back to this context in how are you using it? Are you using it to regulate your moods? Mm. Are you using it to deal with your emotions or your sense of difficulty in dealing with life's challenges? And yeah. so whenever you're angry, you go masturbate. Whenever you're, you know, stressed out, you go masturbate. Whenever you're sad, you go masturbate. And it becomes an affect regulator. Yeah. We, we use the term affect, you know, but what affect is just simply talking about is my emotions and my yeah. bodily responses to those emotions. And it's typically, we use masturbation um, as a way to kind of soothe ourselves when we're over aroused, not sexually aroused, but emotionally over aroused. I'm, yeah. I'm dealing with a lot of anger. I'm dealing with a lot of fear or anxiety. Yeah. Or we use it when we're under aroused, when we're feeling a lot of shame about ourselves and we feel uh, depressed. And so we go and get that hit of the orgasm to either calm down or to stimulate ourselves back up to this place of feeling good about ourselves. Yeah. But if you feel shame about masturbating, that behavior is going to reinforce your shame cycle. And that's where it becomes really problematic because I feel bad. So I go masturbate and then I feel bad because I masturbated. So I have to go back to masturbate because I'm feeling like, 
Yeah, it's a downward spiral. It is not an upward spiral. Yeah. And and that's, you know, and, and again, I think it's important to acknowledge in, in the, the physiology of the orgasm, you have multiple uh, hormones. And I'm going to say the ones I know, and you're going to fill it in because like I said, all, you know, you're smarter than me. So you, you, you know, all the details about this, but I, the two I things that, that I, that I, you know, is, is everybody thinks, well, it's a dopamine hit. And, and, and what you're talking about is when you're in that place of shame and I do have the orgasm, there is a moment of feeling better of, of having that embodied, you know, experience that you said, Whoa, what is this earlier? You know, when you first discovered it, like, whoa, this is amazing. But there's also the chemical of oxytocin, which bonds me to that experience is my body has not only had a little bit of release. And I would say that literally like my, my body is saying, hey, this is a natural process that actually feels good. It's designed to feel good for procreation and connection with someone else. But instead of connecting with someone else and procreating, I am um using it to uh, to do maintenance on my emotions. And, and I bond to that. As soon as it's over, I bond to that shame. Oh, shit. I did this again. Where? What do I do with this? And that's the spiral that you were talking about, right? Yeah. And actually, what I've learned recently about this is men bond a little differently than women do. So oxytocin is released in women in orgasm in a much greater degree than it is in males. Uh, it's also released in women when they breastfeed, you know, so when there's a lot of skin to skin contact, mm -hmm. you have a, a release of oxytocin, but actually men bond with vasopressin more than females uh, bond. Uh, our bonding mechanism is vasopressin. Okay. We have more receptors for vasopressin and vasopressin bonding occurs when you experience a little bit of stress, which sexual arousal is a form of stress. And then <clears throat> when you accomplish a goal. So orgasm is the goal. Mm. So our, our uh, bonding occurs more in that context of overcoming a challenge or solving a problem. And again, if you're using masturbation as a problem solving tool, I'm feeling bad. I want to feel good. That's where the bond is going to really occur is after orgasm, there's a burst of that vasopressin and it will bond you to the shame the other emotional elements, it'll bond you to what you're looking at. I mean, there's some really, uh, they're kind of funny stories about a guy masturbating with his cowboy boots on. Um, and he gets so sexually attached to his cowboy boots that he can't get aroused without the cowboy boots on just wow. simply from masturbating because they were in his field of vision every time he orgasmed. So there is this bonding effect that occurs, but it's mainly because men use that chemical of, there is dopamine released. It's the motivation to do it. And then vasopressin is the bond element that comes along and really sticks me to that. So, so yeah. So I, I want to come back to the, to the vasopressin and the bonding, because I think in, in, in my story and other guys' stories that I've walked with, there are cues that point me toward when and how and what the context is when I really feel the urge to masturbate. Or oh exactly know, in this yeah in this in this context it's I feel the urge to look at something sexually stimulating whatever that may be with the ultimate goal of having an orgasm and masturbation is the method to get there right so you know for you know for me in my story it was this experience of being isolated when I felt physically and emotionally alone that was my comfort I would use that as my pacifier my emotional pacifier 
And there were their experiences in my adulthood where, you know, like when the family used to get up in the morning and, and go to school and I was the only one left in the house. I mean, who doesn't get up in the morning, and go to school as you start your day, but emotionally in that season, right after they left, that was a really, really difficult time for me to stay focused on what I need to do for me in a healthy way. And before I even knew what it was, it was just a reflex. Well, this is what I do in the mornings at 7.30, 8 o'clock before I start my day. And stories like that really, really tell a tale, don't they? I mean, that's a very, that's a very common tale, actually, right? Yeah. So that sense of base level aloneness, like I'm the only person and that sadness and maybe mm. even shame around that or fear that I'm going to be abandoned. There's a lot of emotional elements in there. And then I'm going to go masturbate and get an orgasm to feel, you know, boom, start my day. The other thing that I see a lot in guys is they start off with a base level of anxiety. They wake up in the morning and they know something bad is going to happen today. Mm. And so they're using the orgasm to kind of soothe themselves down. And that's very, very common too. Um, and so you start to look at these, look at the patterns. If you want to, if you want to go back and kind of decode, well, what, how have I used masturbation in my life? What's the context? And when I, when I use it, what shows up, go back and look at the pattern of your developmental use of masturbation. Did I use it to go to sleep at night? Did I use it when mom and I was left alone at home? And how often did you feel alone? Right? Yes. And that, that is such a common one. And so, yeah. And, and, and circumstantially in the story of my childhood, and as I learned to masturbate, I think that there is a direct one-to-one -one link with guys as they learn to masturbate, not masturbate with what was going on in their environment, in their story. Oh yeah. It comes along at a time when it can soothe a wound that is open and it covers that up. Right. Yeah. So, there is some controversy too on this issue of um, bonding when you talk about in normal sex, when you're having sex with a partner and you orgasm, your bond is occurring with another person. So it's occurring in the context of a relationship. But when you masturbate, who are you bonding to? There's not mm -hmm. really another person other than maybe the visual stimulus of pornography or the fantasy you know, in your own imagination. So you're not really bonding with anybody. There's kind of a hole there. So what ends up happening is that loneliness that you talked about ends yeah. up becoming intensified because in the moment of arousal and orgasm, it feels great and it feels like it meets that need. So there's a big spike in the dopamine, but then there's a big trough and mm. the trough is as deep as the spike is. Over time, what happens is um, imagine dopamine in your body is like a wave pool. And as long as the waves are kind of nice, gentle, up and down waves, the water is going to stay in the pool. But when you start creating big waves, you're creating big troughs and it ends up pushing a lot of that water out of the pool. Dopamine then gets depleted in your system and it requires more and more of the activity that was generating the dopamine to satisfy the craving to do the activity. And that's where guys really get into an addictive pattern with this, just mm -hmm. like every other kind of unwanted sexual behavior is 
they actually start having to do more and more and they get less of a return because of that dopamine depletion. And nobody knows that that's going on. They just feel this emptiness after the orgasm. Yeah. So um, this is where we have so much better understanding now about sexuality and neurobiology that a lot of these, if, if you look back at the past prohibitions against masturbation, in retrospect now with what we know about this, you can see that there was some wisdom there in trying to help um, contain it so that it doesn't become an addictive or a, um, uh, you know, a real dependency in, in people's lives. It was mm -hmm. just, they were using a lot of shame to do that instead, which, which to me, like having this knowledge about what it's actually doing in my body is such a de-shaming process because sure. I want to, I want to use my sexuality properly. I want to, I want to have fun with it. I want to please my wife with it. I don't want to be in a position where I can't manage life without masturbating. And yet that's where a lot of us get, honestly, as guys. It is. Right? Yeah, I think this conversation could go on for a long, long time because that you know, this is one of the main ways that we as men cope with life. And um, you know, it's it's a joke in the locker room, it's a joke in media. But it's not a joke in your in your own existence, in your own heart. And I think one of the things we want to invite everyone to is to continue to be curious. Or you could eat, you know, breakfast cereal. That's why breakfast cereal was invented, Scott, you know, for <laughs> masturbation. If, yes. you, if you really want to stop, eat a lot of cereal and that'll <laughs> just fix it. Yes, it was. Cornflakes. <laughs> That's it. So, um, so get, but we would really encourage you to get curious and, 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 and do that work around the story that began your compulsive use of masturbation. Uh, that's really, I mean, if you're watching this, the chances are you're, you're done. You're sick of it. You're, you're done with it. Not that you're hating on the masturbation, but you're hating on the feelings. And, and everybody that I talk to in this space, Scott, I know you can resonate with this. They come in because they think the behavior is the problem. And I just got to say this, the behavior is not the problem. It's what is driving the behavior that's the problem. That's right. Yeah. And, and we and and we that's what we do and want to continue to walk with guys uh, in that same vein to get curious. And so we we'll hope you keep listening to the podcast and and pick up on some more things that might give you cues as to why you're stuck where you are and can find uh, the grace to heal. So, Scott, been great to talk to you. Uh, look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks, Chris. Take care, guys. See you soon. Don't forget to subscribe for more episodes. You can connect with Chris at PornFreeMasculinity.com and with Scott at SuccessfulMen.com.